Welcome to the Clear Ads podcast, Highway to Sell. This week, you're listening to myself, Tom Workhorn, and I think for the second time, first time in a long time, we're joined today by one of our long-term account managers, Levi. Sure. Yeah, welcome to Levi. This week, we're going to be discussing approaches to help you survive the summer sales, and I think the biggest one that's coming during the summer is Prime Day. We spoke about that on one of our recent podcast episodes, but it's such an important holiday, such an important sale, such an important season that I don't think it's overkill to talk about it again and the other sales that might happen during the season and also seasonality trends in general. Before we got on this episode to record myself and Levi were talking about what is the busiest period in e-com and Amazon. Well, I think people would probably quickly jump to the summer with Prime Day itself. And it's definitely going to be the most condensed amount of traffic you'll see over a two, three, four day period. But I think probably Q4 is busier with Christmas for the holidays, Thanksgiving, coming off the back end of Halloween. But people are more in, more thinking about Prime Day. So Levi, before we, we dive into talking about Prime Day and some of those trends, we should talk about the seasonality and the effects it actually has on advertising and e-commerce. So how does seasonality impact mm. advertising in general, but more specifically Amazon advertising? And are there any like, key strategies that our listeners as advertisers can use to adapt to those seasonal trends. Yes, there are. In my opinion, when it comes to Amazon, an always on approach is what we tend to go with, meaning that you continue running your ads throughout the year, regardless of the season. What I've personally noticed, and I'm sure you'd agree as well, is that generally, if you do have a product range that's very, very much orientated towards a particular season that may be summertime, wintertime, whatever it is, your advertising strategy has to skew in order to fit that particular season. Um, so for example, we might take this always on approach when it comes to sponsored product campaigns in general. So you're always going to have to have some sort of presence for your hero search terms. So the keywords that tend to generate the majority of your sales, so you're always going to have to maintain some sort of presence for those. Whereas when it comes to sponsored brand campaigns and sponsored display campaigns in particular, those are areas that you may want to back off from when you're out of season. Whereas when you are coming into season, those are the times that you want to start ramping up your sponsored brand campaigns. So you get greater brand awareness. You're always appearing at the top of search when people are searching for the most important keywords that you want to target for. And similarly, sponsored display campaigns always try to retarget those customers who may have viewed your products, but haven't made a purchase. You may want to start looking at adjacent products to yours. For example, if you're selling toothbrushes, start showing some display ads on yeah, sellers yeah. who are, for example, selling toothpaste or selling tooth floss. And I think you always on approach. It's about turning the volume up and down where necessary as well. If we're going to come into prime yeah. day. You want to keep an eye on the, the search volume mm -hmm. and the trends and 
you know, are more people searching for those keywords for those products that I'm going to be selling when prime day hits. And even at the time of recording this episode, we still don't know when prime day is, but the rumored dates are July 11th and 12th, or possibly the week after that. So we're still the best part of six, seven weeks away from that, maybe a little bit longer, seven, eight weeks. But I would still be looking at those trends. Are people searching for my product? And if they are, I would start to try and get more presence. They might not convert. That's the thing we have to consider. They might be window shopping. They might be preparing for that sale, seeing what's out there, bookmarking some of those products or even adding them to cart with no intent to purchase just yet. They're keeping an eye on when the deals are going to come. So it's a bit of a catch 22. Like, do I want to be visible? They're not going to purchase my product. But also if you're not visible, they're not going to consider your product at all. So by the time they've got to the big day, there's a chance that they've made up their mind. They've done all that research. So they don't have to worry about navigating the website to find the deals. And by the time they find it, it's probably sold out. So keep in mind of those deal hunters, those, yeah, the people who are window shopping in advance. I've said this before. Amazon is not just a shop anymore. It's a search engine. There's a lot, there's a lot of people out there looking for products mm-hmm. and they're not going through Google. What is the best toothbrush? They just go into Amazon and typing in best toothbrush. It's because they know they can get it tomorrow. They know they can get it for cheap. They know they can get it at discount. And Amazon is such a huge brand that if it goes wrong, they know they can send it back and get a refund or a replacement very easily. So but kind of fast forwarded there from my original point, talking about the turning up the volume and turning the volume down. That's the point where you start increasing the volume and by increasing the volume. I mean, increasing your exposure through your bids, your budgets, your top of search placements, and highlighting what you were talking about as well, Levi, where you're increasing your exposure through the different ad types that are available. So are you going to be a bit more aggressive with sponsor brands so people can find you? You've got those headlines that can grab, you've got your colorful, hopefully it's colorful, or at least grabbing custom image and then showcasing the products you want to advertise and potentially two more that either complement it or are from the same range or come in different colors, quantities, etc. And also through sponsored display. So I do think that is important. Yeah. Seasonality is a huge impact. <clears throat> You've got other products that you might want to sell. We've just started turning, as I say, turning the volume down on one account as we exit the winter months, their account is very winter focused, whether that's waterproofing for shoes or insoles or anything that can help heat you up as you're walking around the winter, whether it's like pocket warmers, gloves, etc. That's not really gonna sell through spring, summer. And this is an EU based client. So it's not like in America where you've got that, that cold weather all year round, depending on where you are, whether that's Canada or more North central. So seasonality definitely impacts it, but not only does it impact your traffic, it will impact like how much it's going to cost you. We've already hinted at that by talking about turning up the volume. So increasing your exposure, increasing your bids, but that's it. We're increasing the bids. So advertising becomes more costly. That doesn't mean it can't be cost effective though, because because there is going to be a huge amount of extra traffic, which means you're more likely to see more sales come through. And that's definitely the case on something like Prime Day. And with the seasonality, are your products applicable for Prime Day? If you are selling something that's a winter product, 
yeah. is prime day for you if that is slap bang in the middle of summer? I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I would say generally no. I would say if you as a seller are interested in seeing if that sales period with the increased amount of traffic, if there's any chance that you can increase the number of sales you're generating during Prime Day, you can give it a go. I'll just be very cautious in terms of how aggressively you're bidding. Generally speaking, if the rest of competitors in your category are doing the normal sensible things which is pulling back on bids producing their general exposure producing their overall daily budget and you're wrapping things up then yes there is a chance that you can maximize on that potential to generate sales for people who may be searching for a deal for off-season products that they can then utilize in the upcoming winter season because if you can get a jacket for half the price now and then still be able to use it in winter, then maybe there is that potential that you could do that. But I would just be very wary about how I'll go into advertising off-season products. Yeah, I think that's a good point because so, usually when it comes to clothes, even if it's a winter coat, there's an element of fashion and there's an element of those products themselves having yeah. seasonality outside of the four seasons we're used to. You've got fashion trends. Are people going to buy last year's coat next year? If you can start offloading that inventory and that stock you've got through sales, and it, as long as it's still profitable, you don't want to pay these extortionate bids and budgets just to, to shift the stock. Um, there are probably more cost-effective ways to do that, but that might be a way that you can start burning through that leftover stock ready for next winter's new season, new fashion season with the new designs and trends and fabrics, etc. So mm -hmm. that could be a very good reason to start shifting off those non-seasonal products during that summer season on, on top but i will say yeah it's not it's just be very very careful because we're talking about clothes which isn't a problem but if you're talking about hand warmers other very very seasonal products it doesn't make sense for you to do that so yeah we have to meet our shoppers where they are and yeah unfortunately for those winter sellers mm -hmm. this season falls right in the middle of summer I guess on top of that, are there any other big challenges that our advertisers are going to face during Prime Day summer sales? Like, how can we overcome them? We've talked about actually selling non-seasonal products during this summer season trend and bids going up. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any other challenges that? Yeah, there's one big, very, very, very big. For products that are evergreen or products that are in season during the summer season, and can utilize Prime Day, I think the biggest factor is inventory. Making sure that you've got enough inventory, especially of your hero products. So generally speaking, from a lot of the accounts that I've seen, most sellers will have one or two huge sellers from their whole catalog of products. You have to make sure that those products are always in stock because you can push all back with PPC. But the more you you're burning on one end to try and acquire more customers if you're not then recouping by generating those sales um you're going to end up in a space where you're going to end up losing more than you've actually gained but if you ensure that you're having ample stock to carry through prime day and then some that's probably going to put you in the best position to 
capitalize on the Prime Day period and be able to actually continue selling beyond that because there are opportunities for you to continue to target those customers because there's a huge amount of footfall that comes through on Prime Day. And generally what we've experienced is that, yes, Prime Day may only be a few days, but the 30 days, 60 days after that period, we're still able to target those customers yeah. using display advertising, for example, and bring them back and, and, and generate higher than normal sales. I noticed this is something that's becoming a little bit more common as well. Amazon say Prime Day is those two days. And they're the days that you can submit your lightning bills for. But that doesn't mean that you can't extend that period yourself. Now you can set up your own deals, your own discounts, your own coupons. If someone comes to the day a bit late and thinks, mm -hmm. I miss the same. If you've still got a discount going on, strike through pricing coupon or whatever, you can still capture that traffic. So running those remarketing campaigns, whether that's through sponsored display or through the DSP platform, you can still show those ads to those people that didn't convert and still offer them some sort of discount. It might not be as strong a discount as you'd offered through the lightning deal, but that can also encourage them to speed up that sales. Okay. You didn't buy it at 20% off. Now we're offering for 15%. Maybe this is the last chance. If you don't buy it now, that might be the end. So I do think it's important that there's stock and even leading into prime day, you need to make sure that stock is sorted out well in advance because the submission dates for the lightning deals for prime day, even though we don't know the date yet for the U S market, uh, I don't want to say long gone, but yeah, long gone. It was the end of April that the submission yeah. date was for the U S for EU UK. I think that's like two weeks later. So that's also gone as well, but there's also a submission date for getting your stock in to those Amazon warehouses to be prime eligible. Otherwise that stock's just going to sit there until that period over to be checked in. So that's also something to bear in mind. Now, I don't think that time has gone yet, but there's so many challenges around stock, not only making sure you've got enough, but you've get, you've had it checked in with Amazon well before the date so that it can be eligible. We talked about turning up bids as well. I think this is one of the other challenges is how costly those bids are coming out the other end of prime day. It's definitely been a trend the last two three years, maybe even longer, actually, that people aren't bringing their bids back down. They're too scared to be the first advertiser to pull that trigger because if they bring their bids down, then they're not going to win the auction. So everyone's at one of those Mexican standoffs, all pointing at each other, waiting for someone to pull the trigger first, and then everyone follows suit. But we're just finding that those bids stay up. And I think Amazon know that. I think that they know it's a tactic, which is why we see more and more sales every year. Mm -hmm. It's not just Prime Day. It's not just Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We had a health and beauty or some sort of fashion makeup sales. Yeah, we've had all sorts of random sales. We even had one um, a few weeks ago, actually. It was the great summer sale. I think that kicked off May the 4th. I think that was only for, only for a day, but it was almost like a prime day preview. So, you know, it's definitely something that you're wary of. That's the thing. They're aware of where the majority of their sales are coming from. And obviously those peak sales periods are during sales events. So the more sales events they tend to have, even <laughs> if they do make them up themselves, Amazon is, pull them out of thin air. If it does the job and actually does increase the number of sales got coming, then that's yeah. a good thing, I guess. But I do have a second point, apart from just inventory and stock, just maintaining stock levels. Second thing is 
don't be too aggressive. In my experience, yes, there is a sharp increase in sales over Prime Day, and you are probably going to see record-breaking sales for your category and your product. But there's a sweet spot between yeah. being aggressive and being too aggressive. You can potentially be too aggressive and start impacting your profitability. So that's somewhere that the best way I've seen to try and manage that is look at your budgets, putting caps on how much money you're willing to spend on a person. And make use of the budget rules as well. So if you're a bit cautious about your budget, you don't know how much to increase it by put a budget rule in, but as long as that campaign's got a budget and whatever KPI you're tracking is still profitable or within its target, then, then you can allow the algorithm to increase that budget for you, but that's not going to kick until ready for the next day. So keep an eye on your campaigns. So on top of that, Levi, I guess another thing to talk about with aggression is how early you do a lead into that holiday, because it's just two days. You're right. It does become a matter of how aggressive is too aggressive. When I'm looking at the holiday period, so Christmas, I'm not waiting till December the 1st to kick in my advertising, even though that's what, 25 days before the big day, I guess 21 days before you can actually finally get it shipped to you. I'm probably not coming in with that strong of a lead in now. I want to get my campaigns ready. I want to get my keywords ready. I want to check the search on and keep tabs on that, but I'm not necessarily increasing my bids and budgets aggressively this early. I'll be looking at that and really ramping that up about a week potentially two weeks before, depending on the search traffic. So do remember it's just two days. And when it comes to your reporting, always remember that you're going to have two, three days of an anomaly in your reports as well. It's not fair to compare that to the week before or the week after, because like Levi, you just mentioned, they could be record breaking sales. So always take some of that data, not with a pinch of salt, because they are real sales. And it's a holiday that comes around every year. Yeah. So if you're going to do any comparisons, compare that week's data to the prime day week, the year before, and then don't compare it to anything else because it is a magic day that doesn't compare to anything else. And I guess that is the key difference yeah, between sure. the summer sales like prime day and then other times of the year that they are shorter periods rather than something that it's going to build up to. Christmas or Thanksgiving or Halloween weather the same time every year and fall in that arguably busier quarter of Q4. The one other thing I might do, and this is following on from what you said in terms of the gradually increasing the level of spend and advertising you're doing on the lead up to Prime Day, what I would also say is to try and broad announce some of your targets and some of the keywords that you're searching for, but find your hero search terms and expand them out to as many long-term variants that are applicable to those products during that run-up. So you're gaining that sales history for those products, so for those search terms, so that you can then capture those sales when those searches are conducted on Amazon. The thing that you can do on the lead up to that date, because for products that aren't, let's say for example, in season right now, you mentioned one of your clients right now who's selling winter products. I'm sure what you might have done is start to reduce bids on some of the less relevant keywords and some of the 
longer tail search terms are less likely to generate impressions, but during times of high football, like Prime Day, those keywords are going to come into play. Well, sorry, that search terms are going to come into play. So it's going to be important for you to actually start targeting those keywords, start bidding on them. So you can capture as many sales from as many different search terms as possible. And we talked about this on the Prime Day episode we released recently. You might not even need to have aggression at all. If you've got an incredible organic presence, this does apply to a small selection of advertisers, but if you've got an incredible brand presence, if you've got great organic presence, you might not need ads at all. I've definitely had sellers in the past that said for Prime Day, actually not just Prime Day, even things like Black Friday inside Monday, just turn ads off. Or if we have to have something running, just keep like the top 10 campaigns running. If someone's going to be looking for a deal on, I always use this brand, but something like Sony, then you don't need advertising. If they're specifically looking for a deal on something, they don't need an ad to convince them if they're specifically looking for that thing. So yeah. That's a good point. That's something we could do for specific brand searches. So if you know that you've got great brand presence and brand recognition in your category and people are searching for your products using your brand in their search terms, maybe not avoid bidding on that because you're all pretty much guaranteed to win those, yeah. those sales anyway. Cool. But, We've talked about the challenges, We've talked about some of the optimization things we can do, but what can the advertisers do on their end outside of running the ads? What can they do to like optimize their products? How can these sellers, I should say, ensure that their products are actually standing out during these yeah. summer sales, during the season, when competition, some would argue is at its highest, especially during that short period of a prime week. How can we stand out? Would it be the creatives? Would it be our headlines on our sponsor brands? Yes. I would say the biggest thing, go back to the basics and look at your marketing mix. So the four P's. So product price, product place, price, and promotion. So promotion is your PPC. The next biggest yep. level, I think, is price. So people are coming on to Amazon to look for a deal, specifically for a deal. The biggest thing I think you should do as a seller is look at what your competitors are doing in terms of their pricing strategy and try to, even if it's only by a few pennies or a few pounds, that difference, if you're evenly matched in terms of the star ratings and reviews and all the other factors, that may be the difference to allow you to generate more sales than your competitors to actually get the customer to add that product to their car and make a purchase. So that's one big lever that you could pull on and make sure that you have got these. On top of that, um, for price, I've seen something uh, used sense. quite effectively that wasn't still being competitive, but you didn't need to reduce your price below your competition. Let's say you're a premium product. Let's say you list your price normally at $40. Everyone else is lifting theirs at 30. Let's just assume they're not going to do any deals or reduce their price at all. If you reduce your product to 30, okay, all of you were selling at 30 and no one stands out. But if you've got strike through pricing, everyone was at 30, but you used to be at 40. So you're already implying to the customer, to that shopper that you're offering more value 
than they are because they're, it's that perceived value that they're getting $40 worth of product for 30. Whereas if they buy the others, they're getting $30 worth of 30. So that's something to consider as well, but keep an eye on those prices because they're going to change all the time. The deal can't change and we don't know what deal price the competitors are submitting at, but that deal comes up with the listing price. So just keep an eye on their listing trends and what's changing there. And also really go into your reviews and go into your competitive reviews and try and let that influence your headline or actually more importantly, your bullet points. If the competition has negative reviews and it keeps talking about a number of different features of the product that just don't work or don't quite do what they said on the tin, then try and make that part of your listing, not attacking the others, but if your product does do that well and doesn't fall apart, add that in as a bullet point. I think another one is, especially for products, let's say for electronics or products that have moving parts, the use case, having lifestyle images in place is going to be a good idea. Having videos as part of your images is going to be a, a good play. If you're leading customers through sponsored brands onto your homepage, then make sure that's prepped as well as possible. So again, I want to look at what your competitors are doing and maybe get some ideas off of that and improve on what they're doing. Make sure that all your products are highlighted there. Make sure that your hero products are put up in prominent spaces on that homepage that people can quickly grab that, find it and make a purchase or add to their cart. All of that is going to add to the likelihood that someone's going to make a purchase of your product. Obviously, A-plus content is important, but the thing is, if they're getting that far down the page to actually look at your A-plus content, then they're either one of two things, window shoppers that are going to go and look at someone else's listing, or they're very much invested in your, in your product and will probably end up making a sale. So try to show as much of your product as possible. Well, at least the best quality of your products as possible on the A-plus content and try to get as much information, convey as much information about your product through your images, through your bullet points, through your description, so that they can make an informed choice as quickly as possible without having to visit some other competitor's product detail. Getting on to our final point for today's episode, it would be silly to not talk about how to measure success for something like Prime Day or other summer sales. So what metrics should we focus on? I think we don't just want to focus on sales, although that is good seeing those sales increase drastically from let's say July the 10th to July the 11th, if that's the, the correct rumored date, you are going to see a huge spike. And we've already mentioned about God, keep that in isolation. Don't compare that to the week before because just beat yourself up, especially if you compare it to the week after and sales dip. So always keep that in isolation, but are there any other metrics that we should focus on maybe some that we haven't really discussed or thought about outside of the obvious of seeing that sales figure and that order figure increase drastically. Well, if you want to see how effective your ads have been, I'd mm -hmm. say click through rate is going to be a big one. So if there's an increase in your click through rate, there's a potential 
your ads have been more effective during that time. Yes, obviously you're, you're going to have higher impressions, and higher number of clicks, but if the click through rate, so the ratio between number of impressions and clicks actually goes up, then it means that your advertising was more effective during that period. And maybe this is something you can try and repeat in the following prime day in the upcoming year. Another thing is conversion rates. You can look at your product range and then reassess, okay, look, where have my conversion rates changed for which products? So what's been driving the majority of sales or what's actually increased above baseline as compared to normal month during this month to try and forecast what you might try and do in the future. And you can also do this retrospectively and look at past data to try and guide this year's sort of actions. So I'll say those two. Are I definitely agree with that one. Too. And I think for some sellers, you don't want to get too caught up on the profitability. I know we've talked about trying to optimize for profitability, but if you've got, this is thinking quite left field, but if you've got a repeat purchase product, let's say you're selling a health supplement, when it comes to looking at success of that product, you're going to be looking at the lifetime value. So you're not necessarily how profitable is that first purchase from that customer. Because if your product is good enough, they're going to want to come back and back and back and back and back. So for a seller like that, I don't think you'd want to look at ACOS. I think you probably would want to look at conversion rate, but also how many units can you shift in that day? Even if each sale comes through at 100% mm -hmm. ACOS, it might look really bad on paper, especially if you're going to see infinitely more sales come through that day and they all came through unprofitably. How many of those are likely to come back again and again and again? It might take a few months for that original sale to turn profitable. You probably need four or five repeat sales on that 100% ACOS for every subsequent sale to turn into something profitable on paper. But that's something to bear in mind as well. How many new customers can you reach? How many of those are likely to turn into profitable customers that are brand loyal and keep coming back and buying that product and potentially other products from your range? So it's not necessarily about the lifetime value of that customer against that product, lifetime value of that customer against your brand. So that's definitely something worth, worth looking at as well. The one good thing, you actually pointed something out, Tom. If you do have a product with a high lifetime value, so for example, if you're selling a supplement, please yes. make sure you've got subscribers and save offers on there. <laughs> That's an easy way to get a good win. And if you keep that customer for the next six months, a year, or however long it takes, obviously if you've got a supplement that lasts a year, then maybe that's not going to be the best play. But if you've got a product that needs to be replenishing every 30 days or so, then yeah, for sure, make sure. Yeah, get them to subscribe on Prime Day. That's perfect. There. I don't think it can affect that way, yeah. Hopefully, a good amount of those customers that actually convert to a subscriber add, or added to your subscriber safe subscription. Yeah, obviously. brilliant. Uh, well, thank you yeah. so much for, for joining this week's episode, Levi. And talking of subscribing and saving, please hit that subscribe button on our podcast and save that for later so you don't miss an episode in the future. You can find more about Amazon advertising, sales, and seasonality on our website, clearadagency.com. And if you're coming to the end of your current agency contract or interested in someone else doing your advertising for you, or maybe 
things have got too busy or you feel like you're at the deep end with advertising as the trends and the challenges and the competition increases month or month this year, then why not get in touch and see how we can help or how we compare. So feel free to hit that link. That was clearadagency.com. Just book a call to discuss your requirements and we'll be more than happy to help out. Until next time, that's goodbye from me and goodbye from Levi. Thanks. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank <laughs> you.